It's great to be here, truly. Uh, my boys especially have been excited about this day, right guys? Right, too much with the whistle, buddy. Um, first service, there was no water here, and I was like, there's usually water down here. And the Lord works in mysterious ways. Folks, I got to say something, though. I've been gone six months. I'm gone six months. And things are different around here. Changes. And you know what I'm talking about. That carpet out there? I walked in and I was like, <laughs> what is this carpet? Literally, it's like the, you know, what's the saying? The floor was swept out from under me. I, I knew it was the direction that we were heading in before I left, but... Because we, we voted. You know, the staff voted, but that's not the carpet I voted for. <laughs> so to me, <laughs> it's a bit of a shock. Um, but that's not all. My old office, like, I, it's completely... I don't know what is going on. Mandy, what are you doing in there? <laughs> What are you doing in there? <laughs> I, maybe I'm biased, but I, I felt like I had the coolest office around here. You know, it was loungy, it had the nice cabin. That's all done away with. I don't even recognize it anymore. But it's been a good six months. I've entered, I've fully entered into something called entrepreneurship. Very difficult to spell. I think I... <laughs> And kids who are here because it's a family Sunday, that means started my own business. It also means that you have family and friends constantly asking you, how's business? Are you guys okay? What were you thinking? Don't you think it's time you get a real job? Um, but I've met some challenges and there have been some successes along the way. And I've learned that the entrepreneur's journey is not at all what I expected. And fellow business owners and entrepreneurs can probably appreciate and agree um, with this picture above. <laughs> what you think or what you want it to look like and point A, point B, maybe it represents success, like where you are to where you wanna be and what it really looks like. And that, that little jumbled up mess there, it's, it's that path on the right uh, it represents tons of mistakes, failures, this stuff that I've gone through, right? Uh, fears, regrets, doubts, embarrassment, missed opportunities, gained relationships, lost relationships, anxiety, depression, and a whole lot more. In the midst of all that, I also have to confess that I've entered into not a habit, it's more of a, an addiction. Um, don't be scared, it's, it's, I've formed this uh, addiction, I just can't get enough of it. And it is, ready for this? Dog rehab videos. You know those, those videos where they find a, a, a mangy dog, dirty dog, dog left for dead, and then a rescue team comes, they clean it, they, they, they nurture it, feed it, 
rehab, and then eventually the dog gets adopted and everybody's celebrating, and it's a beautiful thing. Something about transformation and uh, redemption just tugs at my heartstrings. And, and I was thinking, I prayed to God about it. Like, why am I so, ad- I can't stop watching these. And I, I, I think it's because I kind of miss hearing, witnessing, being part of stories of transformation, spiritual redemption in people's lives. But I go to YouTube. I see them on YouTube and Facebook mostly, in case you're wondering. Um, Students, that's social media, in case you didn't know. Your parents will tell you about Facebook. But you know how you watch one video and then they make more suggestions, right? So I'll watch one and then it's the title of the next one is, click on the next video, you won't believe this dog's transformation. And I watch that 12 minutes later. Check out the title for the next one is check out, check out how this dog was unbelievably changed and rehabbed and eventually adopted. Oh man, the rabbit hole goes deeper and deeper and I I click on it. And then the title of the next video is hobby. Don't go to sleep. One more dog story is going to melt your heart. It's three o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, how do you know my name? And I'm, I'm freaking out. And then the next day, of course, I have to show my wife. I'm like, babe, look at this dog. You, it's, he's found in a plastic bag, left for dead. Watch this powerful transformation. Folks, I've seen so many dog videos that my news feed is now bombarded with ads for dog products. I, I kid you not. I'm talking about collars, beds, special beds for dogs, because they have some have hip problems. I've learned this. Dog food subscription services, true story, and this may be news to you, Gigi, but I saved a coupon last week, just before Christmas, 40% off of your, my first order. Uh, my Amazon wish list and my shopping cart have a few dog toys and other accessories in it. I don't have a dog. <laughs> I haven't had a dog since I was 16 years old. That's 24 years ago. You can stop doing math. It's time to live. Just focus, all right? <laughs> but now, because of these dog videos, I'm immersed. I'm like fully engaged in this dog owner lifestyle without even owning a dog. And it's not just that. Then the rabbit hole got, got deeper and deeper. And I started watching um, dog training videos and because uh, you got to know how to train them, right? Soldiers returning home to their dogs. You've probably seen those. Those are tear jerkers. And, and guilty dog videos. Those are real funny. We saw a Dog's Way Home together as a family. And I was like, oh, great. The boys watched it. Now we can, you know, move on to like a dog's purpose. And we'll get into the classics like, like White Fang. We're going to see White Fang and, and Marley and Me and Turn Hooch and Cujo. <laughs> No? All right. Something against Rottweilers, apparently. That is a dog breed? In case you didn't know. Um, I follow three different dogs on Instagram. Not dog owners, the dogs. They have their own Instagrams. My wife says that I'm showing off what I've learned from all these dog videos and about dog breeds and stuff, and it's true. We were at the mall on December 23rd for fun, right? 
and I saw this woman carrying a, a, little, a little dog, and I said, excuse me, miss, is that a Siberian husky mixed with, mixed with a chihuahua? She said, no, it's not. It's a husky mis- mixed with a Pomeranian. I'm like, okay. Gigi loved the fact that I was wrong. She loved that. We went to my cousin's house on Christmas Eve, and they have a black lab, and she never barks, and she barked. And I was like, she is barking because she wants to go outside to pee. Gigi goes, really? How do you know that? I'm like, watch. I go to the other room where she was barking, and my my cousin says, no, she's barking because the kids were being too loud. I'm like, all right, okay. Obviously, I'm not the dog expert yet, but I, I will be watching videos until 3 in the morning tonight to catch up, brush up on my skills for sure. But there's power. There's power in sharing a story of transformation. There's power in that. And that's what I'd like to talk about today. But first, what is the story? What is your story? So let's zoom in a little bit on the the book of Galatians, which is what Tyler so wonderfully read this morning. Um, First of all, it's a book that's written by the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was a persecutor of the church and of Christians. And through an amazing, unbelievable encounter with Jesus, he then became devoted to helping Christians and helping uh, Christianity and planting churches. Some of the churches that he planted, some of the churches that he started were in a town named Galatia. Paul preached the gospel message there. He said that salvation is through faith in Christ alone. When he returned home, he got wind. He heard that some of the leaders were, pre- were not preaching that salvation is through Christ, in Christ alone. That they were preaching the total opposite. That, they, that people, if they wanted to be in right relationship with Jesus, they had to do a bunch of stuff. Stuff that was according to Old Testament Jewish law. So, that's the reason for Paul writing this letter to, to the churches in Galatia. The book of Galatians. And he's angry. He's upset. And you know you're upset. You know you're angry when you decide to write a letter. I don't know if you've gotten so upset where you're like, I'm writing a letter. I'm getting a stamp and I'm mailing it out. That's what he does. Basically, the book of Galatians is Paul saying, really, guys? Really? I just preached the gospel message and you're going completely against it. So, zooming in a little, a little, uh, focusing in more on the actual verses that Tyler read just a few moments ago. This part is Paul breaking it down all over Again, to the readers, to the churches. He's using metaphors for the role of the Old Testament law. Yes, it definitely it had a role. Absolutely. And he's reemphasizing that we are no longer slaves, but children of God, adopted by God. Now, kind of, kind of on a side note, adoptive love is powerful. It is powerful and it is beautiful. But... But Hobby, aren't we all God's children when we first enter into this world? No, we are God's creations. The Bible clearly states that if we are his, to be his children, it is through adoption. Now, bringing a child into this world out of a relationship built on, built on love is truly a beautiful thing. But I argue, I would argue that adopting a child 
is also a truly beautiful thing. Because adoption is a set of adults going and saying, I choose you. I choose you. Regardless of your past, regardless of what you think of yourself, regardless of the current condition or situation you find yourself in. It's I choose you. I choose to love you. I choose for you to be a part of this family. I choose to go through all of that that involves parenting and it's a lot. But I don't deserve it. I choose you. But you don't know the mistakes I've made in my life. I choose you. But now I have to earn it. I got to prove myself. No, you don't. I choose you. But I don't even know who I look at in the mirror and I don't even know who I am. I don't like what I see when I look in the mirror. I do. And I still choose you and I will always choose you. Because of what Jesus did on the cross and your faith in him, you are adopted as his child. Other world religions are about things that we have to do. Things a person has to do. Biblical Christianity is about what Jesus has already done for us. And, and here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. It's not just some status update on your social media profile. It's an actual, ongoing, living relationship with God. And one more thing. The very last verse that Tyler read, Galatians 4, uh, 4 7, the, the, the last part, says, Since you are his child... God has also made you an heir. That means that you have an eternal inheritance. That eternal inheritance, meaning that it's yours, it means uh, it includes justification by faith. It means being part of a, uh, a spiritual nation. It means eternal life. That's yours. Yours. Nobody can take that away from you. And only, only God can give it to you. So that's our story. This is your story. That's my story. It's, it's going from there, wherever there was, to, to, to being an heir. If you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've placed your faith in him, you are his adopted son. You are his adopted daughter. You are his adopted child. You are an heir. And this isn't made up. This isn't some philosophical thing or guesswork. This is your truth. This is your reality. It's your identity. Now, your journey, your story may not look like what you expected it to look like. Okay, so not much different there. Hopefully, this is what you want it to look like, and maybe it looks kind of messy. Maybe it, it, that little, those little squiggly lines represent... Um, that path represents a bunch of mistakes, failures, doubts, fears, regrets, embarrassment, missed opportunities, gained relationships, lost relationships, anxiety, depression, and a whole lot more. But it's your journey. It is your story. And guess what? You need to share it. Because there's power in sharing a story of transformation. There's power in that. But sometimes we like to hide those things. I, I want to I share that I go to youth group. I want to share that I go to church. I want to share that I love God. 
But Javi, I don't want to revisit those things. I don't want to share all the nitty gritty because they don't need to know the details. I would challenge some of that. I would challenge some of that. I think they do. They need to hear some of that. We don't have to act like we have it all together because we'd be lying. And we're to live authentic lives before people. I always think one of the first things that Jesus did before his disciples was show his scars. Right? Growing up, my father was, uh, he was an alcoholic. He was a drug addict. He's good now. He's, he's clean and sober for years. He lives in Puerto Rico with my, with my parent, with my mom. And um, he serves at a, at a local church down there. In the men's ministry, he preaches from time to time. So he's good. Six years ago, about 2013, while he and my mother were, were visiting here, my father was invited to share his testimony at, a, at an evening church in a, a, a service, a small church in Lowell. My, um, my sister was there. My brother was there with his firstborn son. I was there. My mom was there. The pastor and his wife were there. And a couple, a married couple that my sister had invited. And that was it. That's all. It was a little awkward, to be honest with you. Especially because the, 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 the pastor and his wife, they went on about the service like if there was hundreds of people there. At least a hundred. And so they started the service. Thank you all for being here. Well, you know, being cordial and everything. And I'm just kind of looking back. <laughs> we said hello. We've been here for a half hour and talking. Um, and they got up there and... Thank you for all for being here. Uh, can we give God a hand clap? And I'm like, okay, oh, now I got to clap. Because when you're like one of, what, 10, 12 people in the room, like if you don't clap, people are going to notice. So you clap. And they're talking and they're going, oh, like there's hundreds of people there. And I'm like, is this, is there another section to this church that I don't see? Or is it being broadcast live? What's, what is happening here? And then, and then they say, turn to your neighbor and say, say, glad you're here. I look at my brother and I'm like, we, broke, we drove here together, so <laughs> what are we doing after? Are we can grab something to eat? Or? When the time had come for my father to go up and share, after the singing and the worship, uh, I was thinking, I'm like, man, what a shame that there's, there's just us and a couple and the, and the pastor and his wife. What a shame that so many people need to hear this story and so many people are not going to be able to hear this story. It's a powerful story. So my dad goes up there and he shares his journey. He shares his mess. He shares his ups, his downs. He pointed out that at, at some point in speaking, he pointed out that um, it was the first time that he had ever talked like this in front of the whole family. We've done it in, in pockets and, you know, alone. And he had talked about it before. And we knew we lived it, right? But it's the first time that he actually spoke about his journey, about his testimony, his struggles in front of all of us together as a family. He spoke from the heart and he had us all in tears. And he eventually apologized for his past failures and sins. And, uh, but he did say he was happy that we were able to witness his transformation, what how God took him from there to being an heir, right? And as the service wrapped up, more singing, the pastor and his wife asked, 
if anyone wanted to receive prayer, to step forward and receive prayer. And the couple that my sister had brought, had invited, they both went up. That night, this couple accepted, they received Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. They, they gave their lives to him. They put their faith in Christ in that church, at that service, after my father shared his powerful tes- uh, testimony. It was, it was and, and obviously the work of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, I was thinking at first, this is kind of awkward. There's not a lot of people here. Really, there's really, if you think about it, there's two people here. There's the family, and, and then there's really two in attendance, visitors. And I was feeling bad, and I was like, oh, man, my dad deserves better than this. He, like, needs a crowd because this story is powerful. But how many times do we feel like, you know, to share my story, what audience do I have? Like, do I have to preach? Do I have to prepare a sermon? Do I have to stand up here like I am today? Not really. Not really. Even if you have an audience of one, or if you don't realize that you have an audience, live out your Christian faith. Share it with one person, two people. It doesn't have to be like this. It doesn't have to be like this. You have no idea what, what the Holy Spirit wants to do with your life unless, until you start actually serving, until you actually start doing it. Can you imagine the type of impact that you can have on a person's life if you share your story with them? The power of that. Kids, what would it look like if you shared the story of Jesus being your Lord and Savior with someone? What would, what would it look like? Students, what would happen if you return uh, to school after break and you share your story with a roommate or with a friend or whether you, you, you feel like you've got it all together or not? Wherever you are in your journey. Adults, what would happen if you shared your testimony of coming to Jesus of what God has done in your life? with a coworker or a colleague or a friend. And I'm talking about the real, messy, unfiltered truth. What may look like a mess to you, and if we can just keep that in focus, what this probably looks like a mess. Probably looks like just mumbo-jumbo and, I don't know, like a, a tangled mess. I mean, this is... Like we see Christmas lights and we look and see it like that. No, we'll just buy new ones, right? I don't want to deal with that mess. But what may look like a mess to you can be a powerful message for someone that you share it with. And I know, I know how cliche that sounds. I know your mess into a message. And I tried to get around that one because I'm not a big cliche person, but I couldn't get around it because it's the truth. It really is the truth. We need to share the mess with others because that's a powerful message for them. For them to realize that they're not alone, that they're not the only ones that feel this way or think that way or have done those things. They're not the only ones in their current situation that are going through their current situation. There's power in that. Excuse me. Those those uh, those dog redemption videos to kind of wrap up those videos and stories of transformation. Those dog adoption stories. 
they have really touched me. They've really pulled me in in a powerful way. And I know it sounds silly, but it really impacted me. How much of an impact has it had on me? So my wife is, uh, she's terrified of, do- of big dogs. She doesn't like big dogs. My oldest son, Isaiah, is afraid of all dogs, big, medium, or small. Eh. My, my youngest, Gabriel, is allergic to dogs. <laughs> Confirmed, like allergy test allergic, not just making it up. However, this year, 2020, we've talked about it. We want to get a dog. That's, wow, I'm surprised that gets a, an applause. All the cat people are like. <laughs> but I say that to show how it started. Videos of transformation. And so I've got on my tabs, on my browser tabs, um, or my uh, browser um, bookmarks, bookmarks, uh, websites first, dog rescue shelters, etc. And we've been talking about it and kind of planning for it. We're all in agreement. Gabriel, just gotta suck it up, buddy. <laughs> just kidding. He's doing better. But that's, seriously, that's, that's the power of a shared story, right? Imagine what your story can do for someone. I, I even have a picture of a dog on my phone that I show everyone. This is the one I want. This is the one I want. I can show you out there. Um, I have a name picked out. We are all in the power of a shared story. The Christmas season may be over, but the reality of a Savior being born and and dying for us on a cross, for us to have full access to God, to be his sons, to be his daughters, to be heirs of everything that he offers us, this reality needs to be lived out and spread for all to see. Now that you know your story, isn't it time to enter 2020 ready to share it with others and and also letting them know that they can also go from there, wherever there is, to being an heir? Gabriel? So my son Gabriel had begged me. He wants to be a preacher. I I didn't say that. He wanted to. And so I promised him, he begged me that he can come up here and say something. Do you want to say it nice and loud? Yeah. <clears throat> Do you remember? God loves everyone. Oh, God loves everyone. Amen. God loves everyone.